Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We're looking at the subject of salvation for the living as well as the subject of salvation for the dead. We're looking at chapter 10 in the book, Doctrines of Salvation. This is the Sermons and Writings of Joseph Fielding Smith, a book that was compiled by Bruce McConkie, Joseph Fielding Smith's son-in-law. He says in this chapter that many Latter-day Saints seem to have false notions about salvation for the dead, and that's why we are looking at this chapter, hoping that Joseph Fielding Smith can perhaps explain for us what it is that Latter-day Saints are supposed to believe regarding this very unique doctrine. We began yesterday looking at chapter 10, and we're going to continue looking at the third paragraph. The Lord, in his mercy, grants to every soul the privilege of repentance and the blessings of the gospel. If men do not receive this privilege here, they will receive it in the spirit world, for it must come to all. If they reject it here, they may not receive the fullness in eternity. That last sentence, I think, is what puts everything into perspective. If you look at the first part of that paragraph, It sounds very positive. The Lord in his mercy grants to every soul the privilege of repentance and the blessings of the gospel. But then it goes on to say, if men do not receive this privilege here, they will receive it in the spirit world, for it must come to all. Again, that sounds very positive. But then the next sentence, if they reject it here, they may not receive the fullness in eternity. In other words, they're not going to receive exaltation. They will not become gods in the next life. They will not have the opportunity to be with their families that they were sealed to for eternity during this mortality. This is explained a little bit better in the very next paragraph at the bottom of page 181 that starts with the subheading, Those Who Have a Future Day of Salvation. On January 21... 1836, Joseph Smith received the following revelation, quote, All who have died without a knowledge of the gospel who would have received it, if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Also, all that shall die henceforth without a knowledge of it, who would have received it with all their hearts, shall be heirs of that kingdom. For I, the Lord, will judge all men according to their works, according to the desire of of their hearts, end quote. And that's found in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 107, which happened to be compiled by Joseph Fielding Smith, the very man whose book we're looking at today. Notice what it says here in that paragraph on the bottom of page 181. Those who have a future day of salvation, this is going to describe who they are. And as Eric mentioned, Joseph Smith received a revelation on January 21st, 1836, All who have died without a knowledge of the gospel, who would have received it if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. 
So if you go through this mortality and you never hear about Joseph Smith, you never hear about what they call the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. You've never even heard, let's say, about the restored church, and you die in that kind of ignorant bliss, but embrace it after you die in the spirit world, you get a ticket to the celestial kingdom. And Bill, we need to understand a little bit, too, of where this doctrine came from. Now, this is from 1836, but it stems from the death of his oldest brother, Alvin, who died November 19th, 1823, at the age of 25 of mercury poisoning. And a lot of speculation as to where Alvin went, because he dies in 1823 before the Book of Mormon is printed, before the church is founded. What happened to Alvin? And so this becomes a doctrine that is going to appease those who are Latter-day Saints wondering, what happened to my relatives who died before the gospel? And so we have the salvation of the dead and the baptism of the dead becomes a doctrine based on Alvin Smith. And it was never intended for it to be something that after the gospel has been given and people receive the gospel, that they would somehow have a second chance. It was initially made so that people like Alvin and others who died before the gospel was ever presented to them would have this one opportunity. It is this quotation that has caused me to say, and I still believe this wholeheartedly, I even wrote an article on this in our July-August 2020 newsletter, if a Latter-day Saint really loves their fellow man, if that requirement allows a person to get into the celestial kingdom, then why, if you really love me, would you even tell me about this restored gospel? Because once the missionary comes to your house, it would appear that now you're culpable. You are responsible for what the missionary has told you. So are you suggesting, Bill, by what you've just said, that it would be more loving for Mormon missionaries to stay home and not go out and perhaps give the gospel to people who otherwise would not have had it and perhaps had a better chance in the next life to be able to receive the gospel when people did the work for them on this earth. It would seem so. Of course, there's always that little bit of a risk that even if you hear it after you die, you may reject it. But I would argue that if I was in a predicament where I found myself in a Mormon spirit world and I see Mormons coming to me, telling me about Joseph Smith and the restored gospel, I would almost be a fool not to embrace it, because it sounds like they're in control of the situation. Now, where is my faith to believe? There really isn't any faith. Now it's become pragmatic. I'm going to do it, because if I don't accept this, I know that I'm going to end up in some lower heaven. If I do accept it, then as one who's never heard it before, I would go to the celestial kingdom. However, as we're going to see throughout this series, if a person has heard about the restored gospel, which we call Mormonism, and they reject it, they have forfeited any opportunity of getting into the celestial kingdom. And that needs to be understood. Let's go back to Monday when I was telling the story of the two ladies walking toward me when I was standing in front of the San Diego Temple in 1993. She was under the impression that even though she had talked to her mother about what she believes to be true regarding the restored gospel, her mother rejected the message, and she felt that all she needed to do now 
was to wait for her to die, then go to the temple, be baptized on her mother's behalf, and all will be well. But that's not what Joseph Fielding Smith taught. That's not what any Mormon leader has taught that I am aware of. Now, we're going to continue looking at page 182 of Doctrines of Salvation, the second volume. And this is the subheading, Offer of Salvation Made Either Now or in Spirit World. The justice of the Lord is manifest in the right he grants to all men to hear the plan of salvation and receive it. Some have that privilege in this life. If they obey the gospel, well and good. If they reject it, then in the spirit world, the same opportunities with the same fullness do not come to them. And notice he has the word not in italics. So I think Joseph Fielding Smith is wanting to emphasize this. Don't think it's the same. Don't think you're going to receive the same benefits. But when he says some have that privilege in this life, if they obey the gospel, well and good. So here is the challenge. Once the missionaries come to your home or once your Mormon neighbor or your Mormon relative tells you about what they believe regarding Joseph Smith and the restored gospel, you now become responsible. Now the obligation is placed on you to make sure you obey the gospel. You must do what you've been told is now necessary as a believer in this gospel, quote-unquote. If you reject it, as Joseph Fielding Smith says, then in the spirit world, the same opportunities with the same fullness do not come to them. This is why I say, if a Latter-day Saint really loves their fellow men, they should be quiet. They should not tell them anything about Mormonism and allow them to die in ignorance hoping for the better chance of embracing Mormonism in the spirit world. Wouldn't you agree, Eric? You probably have a better chance embracing Mormonism in the spirit world than you certainly do having to keep all the commandments during this life. Yeah, I mean, Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verses 31 and 32, says, For I, the Lord, cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. Nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. And as I said earlier, how many of those commandments have to be kept? Well, according to the Mormon scripture, all of them have to be kept. If you repent of something and then commit that sin again, it's as if you never really repented the first time. And DNC section 82 verse 7 says that your former sins return if you sin that same sin again. So the obligation of the Latter-day Saint to keep the commandments of God, it's an impossible gospel, we've said. He goes on in the next paragraph to say, if they die without that opportunity in this life, it will reach them in the world of spirits. The gospel will there be declared to them. And if they are willing to accept, it is counted unto them just the same as if they had embraced it in mortality. It's not really just the same, though, because in the spirit world, you're not obligated to keep all the commandments. No. So it's not really the same. He says, in this way, justice is meted out to every man. All are placed on an equality before the bar of God. The important point that you need to remember, folks, is once you've had the opportunity, you become culpable. You become responsible for that. This is why I personally don't think the Mormon missionaries are doing anybody a good service 
Unless, of course, they're coming over to your house to mow your lawn or to paint your house. But they're certainly not doing you any good service by telling you about the restored gospel if you've never heard it before, because now you are just as responsible to keep all the commandments as they are. But yet when you ask any Latter-day Saint if they're doing that, of course, they're not doing it. So how can that possibly be considered good news? Tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this chapter, chapter 10 in volume 2 of the Doctrines of Salvation, a chapter titled Salvation for the Living, No Second Chance for Salvation. And you're going to see, as we again examine Joseph Fielding Smith's position on this, that if you reject in this mortality and accept it in the next, the opportunity for celestial exaltation has left you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism. Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a new book by Mormonism Research Ministries' Eric Johnson is set to be released on September 13th. But if you'd like to get an early copy, Eric will be at the Utah Lighthouse Bookstore on Saturday, September 10th from noon to 5, and will be happy to sign your copy. Now, the bookstore is located right there at 1358 South and West Temple, which is just west of the Smith Ballpark in Salt Lake City. Once again, it's all happening on Saturday, September 10th from noon to 5 p.m. We'll see you there.